and welcome to I Assure You We're Podcasting, the show on Talk Film Society where we look at the work of Kevin Smith. I'm Mike, and I'm joined today by James of Steve and Destroy. How, how's it going, James? It's going all right. How are you doing this evening? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a little, you know, muggy and everything, but I hear it's going to get a lot worse, so I can't <laughs> complain right now. <laughs> It'll always be worse. It'll always be worse, yes. Um, so uh, you do a podcast which is kind of like this one, only about Steven Skull. Yeah, I, I don't know beyond the fact that you're working through a filmography how similar <laughs> they really are, but yeah, it's uh, it's about Steven Seagal. Yeah, and and what prompted you to to look at Steven Seagal in particular? Um. Morbid curiosity, masochism. Yeah, <laughs> I think those are the it. two main ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really dug deep into his his filmography. I mean, um, you know, I have to say, I kind of don't like Under Siege. Um, Me neither. <laughs> uh, Exit Wounds, mm-hmm. I thought was really good. Um, Nah. I mean, I've only seen it the one, <laughs> one time. Um, actually, that's the only movie I ever, like, well, it's the first movie that I ever walked out of. But not because of the movie, it was because the sound in the theater was really bad. Huh. But I, I did see it in its entirety on home video, and I, I enjoyed it. But um, I, I have to say, the absolute best that I've seen has got to be Executive Decision. <laughs> Kind of a cheat answer, but uh, definitely up there. Definitely up there <laughs> for like better Seagal ask, like, movies. What's the most memorable thing about that movie? And it is Steven Seagal, or at yeah. least his death. Getting whipped out of a plane. <laughs> it's it. Believe me. And this was like this. That's like the seventh or eighth movie he did. So this was very early on for us. And uh, we really needed to see that at that point in the show. We really needed to see Steven Seagal die just a, well, you know, it was a horrible death, suffocating at thousands of feet above the earth. I mean, he he really is the Janet Lee of uh, of executive decision. But um, oh well. Uh, but hey, executive decision—that's a decent movie. Yeah, totally yeah. fine. Yeah, totally fine. So, how many more do you have left? That's a good question. We're right about 15. And that, that is, of course, uh, assuming that Steven Seagal never makes another movie. <laughs> we started this very early on in uh, March 2020, when mm. uh, a lot of people, I think, were deciding, all right, what else am I going to do beyond start a podcast? Yeah. And uh, we've been very lucky that he has not made a single movie since then. <laughs> so if, if he holds out for us, we have 15 left. But, you know, if he does come back even after the show has ended, that means you guys need to come back oh, and do another episode. We have agreed. We have made a full-on agreement that we will continue to do the show as long as Steven Seagal is putting out movies. And I, I do believe there's a very real chance he could be one of those people who somehow manages to do it long after they've died. Yeah, you know. The, the technology will probably be there. I think it's obviously already there. There's a lot of uh, ethical questions about it, mm-hmm. and I there's no way that the Steven Seagal estate is going to be having any ethical issues, and nobody that would be wanting to put 
a CGI Steven Seagal in their movie is going to have any ethical issues with it. Yeah. Uh, and me and my co-host Dylan have not had the conversation of if that counts, but unfortunately, I feel like it's got to, right? I'm not sure. I honestly don't know if I would count that, you know? That's good to hear. That's very yeah. encouraging. Yeah. I do believe that uh, I think Dylan and I are going to land that it counts, but... Okay. All right. Well, it's good know. to know that we might have some support if we decide it doesn't. You can put up a Twitter poll to see if it comes to that, you know. Yeah, no one no one will see it. I'll be the one vote. I'll vote no, it doesn't count, and then we'll be good. <laughs> yep, yep. Anyway, we're not talking about Steven Seagal today, God. giving you a reprieve from that, uh, that duty. Instead, we're going to be talking about Kevin Smith, specifically his 2004 um, opus, Jersey Girl. Um, so before we get into Jersey Girl itself, uh, it seems like you're a pretty big fan of Kevin Smith in general. Is that right? I mean, I, uh, am like a overweight white dude with a beard mm-hmm. who, uh, liked making, or, you know, wanted to make movies, liked movies. Um, so obviously, yeah, I liked Kevin Smith when I was a teenager, um, fit the, the profile of dudes who look exactly like Kevin Smith. <laughs> really liking kevin smith yeah Um, i get that yeah and you know i i think my you know quote-unquote relationship with him has has definitely changed um but fundamentally i will i don't know if i'll ever be able to turn off the part of me that has that inherent like goodwill and i definitely cannot turn off the fascination um and yeah, I, 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 I guess I went through all that because I don't know how much of a fan I really consider myself anymore. Um, but I, I have a, a long history okay. <laughs> with him for sure. All right. All right. So um, regarding Jersey Girl, we'll just get into it. Uh, this, this is a movie which was the first film which he made after he decided to end the View Askew universe. I mean, at the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, after the credits roll, Alanis Morissette, as God, gets up there, literally closes the book on the View Askew universe, and it shall never be seen again. And this was his first sort of step into something which was not Jay and Silent Bob related, something which was a bit more adult, a bit more mature, a bit more mainstream with, you know, uh, you know, a, a PG-13 rating. And it's the first of numerous times throughout his career where it seemed like this was going to be his breakthrough movie, where he was, you know, suddenly going to become part of the sort of, like, mainstream in the sense that, like, you can put a Kevin Smith movie up on the screen and it'll be number one at the box office and he's not going to be sort of in this weird subcategory of like, uh, you know, um, cult sort of, you know, whatever. Make him a household name for people who aren't even really, you know, wouldn't consider themselves big film people. They just like to go to the movies. Yeah, or not even not even a household name so much as someone who makes movies that will just get some play, you know? Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, Ben Affleck 
Jennifer Lopez when everybody in the world was obsessed with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. I mean, they said the paparazzi was a huge problem while making this movie. It seemed like a surefire thing in a lot of ways. And then, well, I forget the order, but Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck broke up. Uh, Gili came out late, you know, which is the thing that was holding up Jersey Girl. It was supposed to come out in December of 2003, and it didn't come out until, uh, I believe, uh, February or April. It was February of... It was whenever The Passion of the Christ came out. It was at the same exact time of 2004. It was a few months later. The, the point being, like, they had to, like, contractually wait for Geely. Geely was the, the first Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck movie. And, of course, for some reason, which I don't understand because it's really not that bad, people consider Geely, at least at the time, they considered it to be the worst movie ever made. I don't understand that. Have you seen Geely? I have not. I had a little uh, like wild hair. I was like, I should watch Geely for this, and then <laughs> yeah. I didn't. So, <laughs> uh, but I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's not the worst movie ever made. I don't really think a movie with Ben Affleck or Jennifer Lopez could be the worst movie ever made because, at the very least, you're gonna have you know, if you only have one of them, you're at least gonna have one person with a lot of like charisma and you know presence um i can't really imagine that it's i'm sure i mean it could really suck but you know i mean you could find a worse movie pretty easily (laughs) i bet you could i bet you've probably podcasted about one of them (laughs) in the past uh, week or so um no i mean it's it was weird you know i mean like going into it like everyone was like this is the worst movie ever made and at the time i was working as a as a projectionist and we got the movie and of course I was going to watch it. And, and I did, I screened it, you know, like the night before it came out and I'm like, it's bad, but it's not that bad. You know, I mean, there's, there are way worse movies. So, but whatever it did, that really like tainted things for Jersey girl. And they completely altered the marketing and everything to really play up the fact that Jennifer Lopez's character dies very early on. And this is really all about, you know, Affleck and the kid and then Liv Tyler and everything. And, and Lopez is just sort of like a side character in this movie. Um, but yeah, then it came out and, uh, yeah, people just didn't go to see it. So, I guess um, my my first question for you is, where did you first discover this movie? Did you see it when it came out, later on? Uh, no, I definitely <laughs> I did not uh, see it when it came out. I'm not quite uh, old enough, actually, to uh, really have been present uh, for that sort of thing or aware of any of like the Benefer stuff. Um, I knew about Jersey Girl because I liked Kevin Smith and really liked Kevin Smith. And I mean, you know, watching Q&As, reading blog posts, listening to podcasts, obviously. And Jersey Girl, you know, had that like place in even like the canon as he, you know, kind of like constructed it as he presented it to you, particularly as a fan coming in, you know in like the very early like 2010s and stuff um it was you know jersey girl was like his worst movie 
And I do remember Cop Out coming out and kind of it has since taken that place where like if you know he's gonna make a self-deprecating joke, it's probably that he directed Cop Out. But when I was really getting into him, his go-to self-deprecating joke was that he made Jersey Girl. Now, now it's yoga hosers. He keeps on. Uh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, he needs to refresh it every uh, every so often. Before Jersey Girl, it was Mallrats. You know. Uh huh. But yeah. So okay, so that, I mean that's interesting because it is like a completely different perspective from from me in that you know you had all of the Kevin Smith movies to choose from and it's like at some point you get to Jersey Girl, right? So like what's that like I mean like where did you see this in relation to his other movies? Um I watched Jersey Girl for the first time today for this podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So you you waited. You you held off on that one for a while. I never had any interest. I don't wow. have a completionist spirit really. <laughs> And so I just, it just, I was never that curious. Um, he, again, since I got, became a fan, had other, you know, like, quote unquote, mainstream or like wannabe mainstream kind of movies that were just like, you know, either going to be Seth Rogen comedies or a Bruce Willis action comedy um, to where I kind of, I, I had an idea of what that flavor of his was like. And I like Zach and Mary. I do not like Cop Out. And I was kind of like, I've gotten both sides of that, and I'm fine. Okay. And I just never really had any interest in checking it out. Interesting. Interesting. For for me, it was a completely different scenario. You know, I mean, to this day, like, I if Kevin Smith has a new movie coming out, I need to see it as soon as humanly possible. It's, you know kind of like a highlight for me and, and everything. And it's been that way since the beginning. And, you know, Jersey Girl was no exception. I mean, certainly, uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed, you know, all of his movies prior to that. You know, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I really, really loved and everything. And and even though he was getting away from the View universe with this one, I still couldn't wait to see it. And, you know, the fact that it had been delayed for so long, it was just like, man, when are we going to get this movie? I mean, by the time it came out, it had been almost three years since we had a new Kevin Smith movie. And, um, you know, there was like a, uh, a local bookstore that was giving out passes to an advanced screening of the movie. One of these word of mouth things where you get the pass, you know, to see it like, you know, a couple weeks in advance or whatever it is. I think in this case, it was like a month in advance. And um, you got to like wait in line for like an hour and a half for the the opportunity to get in, but you might not get in and everything. And, you know, it's that's always like a I don't know. It's it's a it's a have you ever been to one of these things? I've been to them and not gotten in. Seriously, oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. I've been the person who waits in line and doesn't get in. Have you, have um, you been often. inside of that? So you've been inside too, though, right? No. From the ones that I went to, they were always at this really large theater uh, near where I grew up that had like a. Uh, it was in a mall, so the lines were always like outside the theater entrance. And so even like the closest they would get is they would just take the tickets before they even let you into like any area of the theater, like concessions or anything. 
So they would just like count through however many people showed up and then stop letting people in for that specific event. So I didn't even get in like the the room. So you've never actually been to one. What what was the movie that you got denied for? They were uh, Atomic Blonde oh. and The Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't I don't uh, really lie awake at night. Like if only I'd seen Atomic Blonde two weeks earlier. <laughs> Do do you? I mean, like, they are super weird. They they are super weird because there are. I mean, if you, I I would go to a lot. I go to you know, I'd go like every week when I was in college, and you know, I mean, I I used to go to these things all the time, and it was the type of thing where you kind of had to look for them. And Uh there was a group of people who would look for. They would look everywhere, and they would just. I mean. It was kind of it was it was it's very strange because you'd always see like the same five people sitting like right at the front of the line. And they even though you could tell they came from all over different places, you know, everything, they sort of like formed this like tight knit community because they'd see each other almost every night because there'd be one of these things almost every night and you'd hear them talking and they'd be like, did you get war of the planet of the apes? Oh no, I missed that one. I'm not going to that. I'm going to go see, uh, you know, Josie and the pussycats instead. Oh, okay. Where are they doing that one at river East? You know, it was like that, you know, I mean, I guess it still is like that. I don't go to that many of them anymore, but, um, it's so bizarre. I mean, they are super bizarre, uh, but I, I love them. And it's always, you know, like this stressful thing, like, am I going to get in? You know, I've never not gotten in. The closest I came was the mummy. I got the last two seats in the theater. I had to, like, crawl over people as the movie was starting. But but I got into Jersey Girl. There was no way I wasn't getting into yeah. Jersey Girl because I showed up, like, two hours early for that one. And it was one of two times where I went to an advanced screening of a Kevin Smith movie and unannounced he showed up, which was pretty awesome, you know. Um, where we, Where was this? It was like in, in Chicago. It was in, oh, Chicago. So it was in Chicago. Yeah, at, at River East. Um, and he actually, I forget what it was, but he actually like, like anytime he's in Chicago, anytime he's talking about Chicago, he's always like, oh, Chicago is one of my favorite cities. And he always tells this story about like this screening, like going to Chicago and like spending the weekend there with his wife. I I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about that weekend, which he found to be incredibly special or whatever, but he always brings it up, which is so weird because I'm like, I was there. I I saw him, (laughs) you know, but uh, yeah. So, so we watched the movie and then after the movie, he did his Q and a, and I was very curious because as someone who's familiar with his Q and A's, like, you know how these things go. So here he is. This was like a Sunday morning screening, obviously geared towards families. And he's going <laughs> to do a Q and A. And I'm like, clearly he's going to tone it down. Right. Cause it's huh. a PG 13 movie. It's a Sunday morning. Right. He did not tone it down at all all and you know like halfway through there was like this family that like got up and left and he's like what where are they going what 
what what happened? And the publicist is like, well, I think they just weren't ready for that many F-bombs and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend, you know, or whatever. It was just right. super weird. The whole vibe was just super weird because it wasn't like, you know, these evening with Kevin Smith things or whatever where you get a bunch of, like, Kevin Smith fans in there. Right. It really was just people who were like, let's see the new Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez romantic comedy. That'll be interesting. Who's this guy? This is weird. I didn't sign up for this. It was really bizarre. It was really bizarre. But regardless, having watched the movie today, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I want to give a, just the slightest little bit more context. I am very much like still, I'm following him. I'm new movies that are coming out. I'm there. I'm, you know, go into the the fandango one night events you know to see whatever new movies got tracking down yoga hosers which was uh a bit of an effort to see but i did see in the theater um but i i couldn't tell you why there's just something about jersey girl i like ben affleck i i like jennifer lopez i've already said you know that i think that they have good screen presence i consider myself a fan of both of them that george carlin's in it Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, never had any interest. And I think it was exactly what I should have expected it to be. Should have. Which should have. Because it is totally and aggressively fine. <laughs> I am glad I watched it. I think that it was... um you know, a, a perfectly worthwhile way to spend a hundred minutes. I don't think I will ever watch it again. If somebody was like, this is the only Kevin Smith movie I haven't seen. I would be like, well, you should watch it. Just, you know, finish yeah, that you know. hole. Yeah. Fill yeah. that hole. Right. Um, but beyond that, I just, you know, I just don't think it really serves any purpose. It is part of why I was like, you know, I want to talk about Jersey girl. One, I was like, it would be interesting for me to make myself watch it and then be in a position where I have to talk about it on a podcast <laughs> because it was kind of a test for myself. I was like, what if you don't have a word to say about this movie? Mm-hmm. It's always the fear. Uh, yeah. And not, not great for you as the host to hear that I kind of <laughs> like threw a little bomb in there. Yeah. Um, but don't worry. I, I had full confidence of my ability to, to talk about <laughs> Kevin Smith. Um but also, I was just like, you know, this is like a, the way to force me to watch it. You know, yeah. I really had to like make myself do it. And I just think it's like totally fine. I liked it. I'm being, I'm being a little too reserved. I liked the movie. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> so you said, you said it's what you should have mm-hmm. ex- anticipated Expected, it being. Yeah. But what, what did you expect it to be? I don't know. I guess I like bought the hype. You know, that it, like, sucks really bad and that it's mm-hmm. going to be, like, his worst movie. And I, you know, like, I don't know. I don't really want to have the conversation of what is Kevin Smith's worst movie because I think <laughs> I think it's a waste of time to have that conversation because mm-hmm. he's made just so many very different <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, it is probably his least like remarkable i think that it is the one that there's the least to really talk about um if you're talking about the movie itself you could get into you know the like kind of mythos around it a lot but um 
I, I have, I should have had enough, like, I guess, faith in him, you know, to like, or at least faith in like how much I have, how much goodwill I have for him to know that I put on Jersey Girl and I'm going to like, at the very least, be glad I watched it, you know, mm-hmm. if, and, and I am. Well, well that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, at the time, I, I, I really loved it. I mean, while I, while I did think it was probably his least good movie to date, I still liked it a lot. And, um, I mean, I guess I was kind of, like, predisposed to, to do that, you know, regardless of, of anything. But I, I was really sort of, like... I mean, more than anyone else, I mean, to this day, but, but even, you know, back then in particular, more than anyone else, like he's the one filmmaker whose career I really kind of like followed very, very closely from the beginning. So I was always fascinated to see where it would go next. And this was the biggest leap for him at the time. And it was one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, like I get it. It's his it's his I mean the comparison which he you know kind of made as as sort of like <laughs> I don't know derogatory towards himself or whatever is uh Peggy Sue? Is that the one? Mm-hmm. Is that the John Hughes movie? About Peggy the, Sue got married. Curly, no, Curly Sue. Curly Sue. Oh. Which is it was it was like John Hughes's, I think his last movie that he made, and it's about, you know, like this little girl or whatever. And it was basically like, you know, the idea is like John Hughes had kids of his own, and all of a sudden he started making movies about being a parent instead of making movies about being a kid, really. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when he, you know, as as is commonly thought you know that's when he jumped the shark you know i i don't haven't seen that movie so i couldn't tell you i don't know um but whatever that's that's the common thinking just like it's commonly thought of that jersey girl is bad you know and and i think there there was that that fear that that was what was going to happen with this movie and kevin smith and i think for a lot of people that is what happened um which is why I think he kind of retreated to Clerks 2 for his his next movie because his next movie was supposed to be Green Hornet. It was, I mean, that thing was written, that thing was, I mean, I I think it was cast. Who did he cast in that movie? I I do not know the answer to that. I mean, it, it wasn't. Affleck was it? Oh God, this is going to drive me absolutely crazy now. Um, but I'm trying to look it up because I am very curious, and it very well could have been, you know, Affleck. <laughs> it could have been Affleck. I don't think it was though, or maybe he didn't cast anybody. Maybe it was Jason Lee. I mean, it I was, was not also yeah, like Jason it, Lee. It was it was that not like right. someone completely outside of the box, you know? Right. Um. But, I mean, it was definitely, like, a thing which was happening. And everyone's like, whoa, you know, a comic book movie from, you know, Kevin Smith. That is, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, And then, you know, he was kind of like, "Uh, no, I don't want to. You know, I'm going to do something small instead. And and it ended up being Clerks 2. And in a lot of ways, I think that's kind of 
too bad. I mean, as much as I love Clerks too, like I would have loved for him to like expand his his uh his his scope like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I think I I think it's very cool that we are able to have such different um like ways we win into Jersey Girl because I think it is very relevant that you are kind of viewing it from the perspective of someone who was there when Jersey Girl was like the new Kevin Smith movie and there was that giant question mark of where he'd go. Yeah. But for me, like where, you know, it's like looking back on it and seeing like the being able to like very um, un like un have a very unbiased view of it's like Spot in the timeline on the ladder for him. Um, I think the this may be like I think it is a pretty unconventional take, but I think that it did kind of send him ultimately to widening the scope where he not so much at literally right now, but where he was at for a moment. And I just would much rather see like that sort of thing than him have made a comic book movie in, you know, 2005, 2006 and kind of stayed on the trajectory that would have taken him on. I guess so. I mean, it would be interesting to see what happened. I mean, would that have flopped too? I don't know. You know, I mean, Uh I don't know. Obviously, you know, there's infinite, you know, number of different movies he could have made. Yes, yes, no, that's true. Okay, Smith approached Jake Gyllenhaal for the lead role in March 2004, so like right when Jersey Girl was coming out. In mid-November of that year, Smith had said he had written about 100 pages and estimated another 100 to come. In February 2006, Smith's official website noted, Kevin officially no longer has anything to do with the Fletcher Green Hornet projects. And then, I mean, this is the other cool thing, which I love him doing. You know, Smith went on to write the Dynamite Entertainment comic book Green Hornet, which has run 11 issues as of late 2010. And that whole thing, that comic book is his script. Script, yeah. That's awesome. You know, I mean, the fact that we have that and the uh, um, Bionic Man or $6 million man script, you know, we have that. He says he's going to do that for the original version of Clerks 3, like after, you know, the the the, the current uh, version comes out. You know, I mean, that's so cool that he's willing to, to do stuff like that. But speaking of alternate realities and alternate <laughs> takes and everything. Yeah, just totally making stuff up. Speak it up. <laughs> there is, there are, well, there's actually two alternate realities for Jersey Girl, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a longer cut which involves like an extra, I, I mean, there's, 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 I guess, a lot more stuff along the way, but in particular, there is an extra like 25 minutes of footage at the beginning of the movie with Affleck and Lopez. Like that whole thing, which basically, you know, they burn through in, in like the opening credits. Yeah. That was like 14 minutes. Yeah. I think it's like 14 minutes when she, which she cut out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like the first like quarter of the movie. Yeah. And, and, and this isn't like a case of like, you know, whatever, like the clerks thing or whatever, even, even dogma, which, which is a movie, which I really think could benefit from, you know, the added footage or whatever. But like, this is something where he's like, he's shown it. Mm 
to okay. a couple of audiences, and he's like, I want to do an extended cut of this movie. And I want to see that so badly. I, I mean, more than like anything else in this world, I want to see the director's cut of Jersey Girl. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think probably more than any of, of his other movies, except, you know, maybe like Cop Out, this definitely feels like one that has like the least of his stamp on it. And I would like to see one that he feels has a little bit more of that. That being said, I'm not leaving Jersey Girl like I think they needed to spend more time with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> or that I feel like this movie needs to be 25 minutes longer. Uh, I see I, I see that. Um, but but I'm very curious as to what was there, you know? I like I, I almost wonder like you stick that in the beginning, like how does that like reframe the entire movie, you know, where instead of that just being like the, you know, pre-credit, you know, teaser setup for this thing, it becomes like the first act of the movie, you know? Yeah, I, I want, I would give Jersey Girl credit. Like when I say I don't think that you know we need. 25 or any more minutes of Jennifer Lopez. It's not, it's not even, that's not like a knock, you know, it's not like, Oh, we don't need that sequence to be any longer, mm -hmm. but a genuine, like we don't need it to be any longer. I, and maybe like this could be a very like James Barrett thing. I really did not like watching the first 15 minutes of Jersey girl <laughs> because mainly because I knew what happened, like, mm -hmm. like vaguely that she was going to die, giving birth to this child. Um, but it, felt very visceral and it was very upsetting to me I, it was probably the most uh, emotion actually that like a kevin smith movie has ever made me feel short yeah. of like disgusted shock and tusk <laughs> i i like it was very visceral for me and i felt the like presence of jennifer lopez of, of gertrude throughout the movie mm-hmm enough and i have some issues with it and like with that and particularly in terms of like his relationship with Liv tyler and stuff but honestly i think like the only thing well we are just like making stuff up here so obviously it would depend on if you know how much stuff was added to the other chunk of the movie but leaving the rest of the movie as is and just expanding on jennifer lopez i feel like then you just have at least like i kind of did a lot more issues with him seemingly hooking up with Liv Tyler with little to no issue or like um be you know the only issue there seems to be that he's like I will have to spend less time with my daughter not like the last woman I love died in front of me yeah in like the most traumatic experience of my life and I'm scared to get close to anyone else mm -hmm. which I felt like should have been addressed a little bit and the more time you spend with Jennifer Lopez is just going to heighten that issue which was my biggest issue with the movie that's true. That's true. The, the other thing, I mean, the only other sequence which I know was expanded was uh, when he's giving his pitch. His big to, speech. Yeah, to the, uh, to the people of Highlands or whatever to close the street. And it's, it's cut as a montage, which I think works yeah. perfectly fine. I mean, it's cheesy and it's very, like, sort of 90s in its, you know, tone, but... I I did enough, you know, enough research. I, I f forgot that they did 
I did read that, um, which made sense because watching the movie, at least to me, and like thinking about it, you know, a, a little bit more like um, construction like about the construction of the movie, I was like, it, there's no way that Kevin Smith of all people was like too lazy to write out this speech. It was yeah. like, we'll just edit it. So it's just sound effects and you don't have to hear how he's convincing people. I was like, I'm sure a lot of people might have taken that route, but like, there's no way he didn't write a speech here. Right. And then I did read that it got and, chopped up. And there is, there is a, an awkward moment, which is similar to what happens like 17 times in Dogma, where they cut something out and then they make a subtle reference to it like later on. And you're like, wait a minute, what are they talking about? Where like he's, he's talking, he's telling Liv Tyler about the speech. And he's like, I don't know where it's come up, coming up with this stuff. Like I said, like this random thing, I, I forget what it was. He says, like, where's yeah, it? what's that from? And it's like, yeah, what what is that from? Because we didn't see it in yeah, the movie. You when know? he has this fight with his daughter, she does something like that, too. She's like, well, what about when you said X, Y, Z to the people? Mm -hmm. Were you just lying? And because it's like the the actual substance of the speech, the way it's cut, it is like completely... I mean, literally irrelevant to us as viewers, what is said. Yeah. That it, like, when she says stuff like that, I'm just like, well, yeah, obviously it was lying, right? Were we supposed to believe that he was being serious? Mm -hmm. And it does feel like that might have been, like, supposed to be, like, part of his arc where maybe we are thinking he is, like, actually starting to like being a Jersey man. Yeah. Um, so it is. I, I mean, I would, I would, I would watch it in a heartbeat. If they put out a director's cut of any Kevin Smith movie, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I hope they do. I mean, I know that he's he's mentioned like you know now, uh, Miramax is owned by Paramount, right? And and he has had discussions with them. I mean, because I mean, they seemed pretty eager to jumpstart some stuff i mean obviously the first thing that they did was scream which is you know kind of low-hanging fruit in a lot of ways it's like of course if you can make another scream movie you make another scream movie and you know he said that he's had talks with them about well clerks and you know everything that yeah. that they own now and one of the things is jersey girl and now i mean <laughs> with affleck and and lopez like all over the news again and them getting a happy ending and everything like why wouldn't you release the director's cut that of this is, movie where yeah they now now is the ending. time yeah <laughs> because wasn't this is this is my question for you mm -hmm. was the kind of like zeitgeist you know um was part of that like when when Jersey Girl came out just being tired and exhausted of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Definitely. I mean, like when yeah. when I feel it like was a child asking that question. I feel like a little no. baby boy. That, but <laughs> no, no, it's, I, it's, I would I would not have known. Yeah, I feel like a very, very, very old person for knowing the answer to, <laughs> to it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like it, it was it, so when when it was first announced, like. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck together in a movie like that had like the same like, you know, wow factor as when, you know, they announced like 
Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are going to be in Dogma, you know, coming off uh-huh. the heels of Goodwill Hunting. It was like that. Like, that was huge. You look at the posters for that movie, everything, it's all about Affleck and Damon together right. again, you know? And and here, there was that, like, when the initial announcement was made. And basically, in the time, I mean, it was, it was really everywhere they had the music video jenny from the block and everything like that which is a really good video by the way and and you know all that other stuff they're everywhere in the credits for this thing he says absolutely no thanks to the paparazzi whatsoever because they made shooting this movie like a living hell and then in the time that it took them to actually release the movie all of that changed. The two of them broke right. up. There was so much exposure. It was, I mean, it was everywhere. And people were really just sick and tired of it at that point. And it was like, God, okay, so now we need to get through this. But before we do, we have Gili. And it's right. like, Jesus, okay, so we got to do Gili and then Jersey Girl. So it was like, it wasn't even like, you know, they were like, yeah, it was like, we now it's just work like now it's just like we need to get through this which is why you know once they started marketing the movie it was a completely different movie from what they said they were making when they were actually shooting it and i mean part of it i think was because originally the plan was to be like it's jennifer lopez and ben affleck and they have a baby and i mean that was like that was going to, and there was going to be a big surprise when she died. And then I read a, uh, a blog post from 2003 uh, yeah. today from Kevin Smith, uh, trashing some, I think it was the New York times, um, some article they put out that just was like completely spoiling the movie. And I guess had a bunch of like misquotes from Smith, you know, supposedly trash talking them. But yeah, it was it was supposed to be a whole thing. They were very literally trying to like psycho some people. Yeah, but but you look at the trailer. I don't know if you've seen the the original trailer. But I, in my life, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> but not anytime recently. I mean that. I mean that's very clearly in the trailer. Like they don't hide it at all. And then it's like, oh, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, you know, right. and, and Jennifer Lopez over here for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So strange, so strange. But yeah, man, I want to see that so badly. That's like one of my top, top director's cuts that I, I'd love to see. And it feels like it's doable. And I, I mean, at the very least, it feels like there is a version which exists. I mean, there's something which he does, which is probably slightly illegal, where he, <laughs> on his uh, website, like his basically is like Patreon, whatever. He has this, uh, what he calls like the screening room or whatever, where they, he's got like a bunch of like little things which are really hard to find, like his, his TV commercials or his stand-up specials or whatever. And um, he's got, well, he's got Dogma up there since it's basically lost, you know, in, you know, I mean, just just limbo because of the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. But then he's also got these two fan edits that some random guy did where he took all the deleted scenes from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and Dogma and stuck them back in the movie so that you could see 
like what the full length version would be like before any editing was done. Not to say that they're director's cuts, but just this is a right. weird oddity. You know, that is that is very interesting. I did not know that, and that might be enough for me to sign up for his you know i I know what you're talking about like the kevin smith club or whatever yeah you sign i mean like what i did just because i I was looking for for this podcast i was looking Uh for the the diet coke commercials that he made back in the 90s which i had never seen before and i saw them today and wow that's some weird stuff anyway um so i'm like yeah i'll pay the 10 bucks to you know look at his you know, real essentially, you know, that sounds crazy. <laughs> um, but now I'm very curious, like, especially he said, like this guy, this random guy who does like a little intro to these things. He's like, yeah, uh, Jay and silent Bob comes in at like two hours and six minutes, which doesn't seem much longer than the original cut, but like dogma is like two hours and 51 minutes or something. On that that rules. Yeah, yeah. I that rules. I would, I I will be doing that because I do want to see a nearly three hour cut of Dogma. Yeah, uh, very badly actually. I did not know until this recording that existed. Yeah, that that rules. I I do. Yeah, I, like obviously I knew it was cut up. I never realized like um, that's what put it together. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's cool. It's cool for sure. Um, but regardless. Whatever. Right. Maybe right. one day we'll get that for, for Jersey Girl. Maybe the other thing that we'll get is something which they is kind of a running gag on the uh, commentary for, you know, they said their their dream was that this would become like a hundred million dollar movie so that they could do an alternate cut called Jersey Damned, where they'd basically just make a horror movie version where the girls got like, you know, um, uh, like the, uh, what was the episode of Twilight Zone with Bill Moomy where... He's throwing people into the corn or whatever. Basically doing that. You know, like anytime right. like she doesn't get what she wants, like she shoots laser eyes at people and, you know, you know, lights them on fire or whatever. And I would love for them to actually do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> but probably more likely we get the the more J Lo cut. <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, one more interesting thing with the editing, which I've always found fascinating, you know. Smith edits these movies himself with Scott Mosier. Um, but apparently with this one, I think probably because there was so much, you know, like editing done to it, you know, from a content perspective, um, they brought in Stephen Mirioni, who is, well, I mean, he's, he's Steven Soderbergh's editor. He edited traffic and, um, Oceans 11, I think 12 and 13, actually, you know, as well as some other things. And they brought him in to basically watch the movie and give notes on the editing. And he watched it, apparently, and was like, yeah, I wouldn't really do anything different. I think you guys, you know, did a solid job. So that's, I don't know, I've always found that to be fascinating. But in that same vein, in in the, uh, the never-ending quest to find a cinematographer who can work with Kevin Smith. They hired Vilmos Zygmunt, the Academy Award-winning cinematographer yeah. of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, McCabe and Miss Miller, one of my yep. one of my favorites. I, I saw that. I was like, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> exactly. Exactly, right? And I think yeah. everybody thought that. And it's like... For his like, if if they did it for Dogma, you'd almost be like, okay, I get it. 
you know? Yes, 100%. <laughs> or or uh, Jalen Silent Bob Strike Back, honestly. I don't know about that one. <laughs> there's there's still at least like a lot of like stuff happening in that movie. I guess so. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens. That's true. That's true. But you Jersey get, uh, Girl. Hollywood Vistas. Uh-huh. That's, that's right. Yeah, that, a, that is it's true. It's Jersey Vistas. Yeah. But here they're like, yeah, let's get him. And then he, like he shot it in like anamorphic, you know, widescreen and everything. And I, I mean, I remember. So they did like some sort of behind the scenes thing, you know, where like he's running around the set, like talking to various crew members, most of whom are his friends and who are just like whatever. And he goes over to like Vilmos Sigmund and he's like, "Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Lighting a shot?" And you can tell like Sigmund is just like, "Why is this guy bothering me? Like, I'm trying to do something here." And then at one point he's like, "Yeah, so like, what are some of your visual influences? Like, did you take a look at like Clerks and want to steal some stuff from Clerks?" And Sigmund just looks at him like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> and apparently, like, they did not get along at all. Like, Sigmund thought that he was working with a bunch of children. And, uh, you know, Smith and basically everyone else working on the movie thought that this guy was completely out of touch with what they were doing. It was a terrible fit. Although he did s- s- say that he learned a lot about, you know, moving the camera and lighting from Zygmunt and everything. And in the end, it's like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. You got to make a movie with the guy who shot Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But yeah, it was not a good fit. Yeah. And and it's, I think, the main reason why he went back to Dave Klein for Clerks 2 after, you know, three three movies without him. So... Well, it, I, I think the thing that I find interesting, like learning that... Is I, I, I don't really think Jersey Girl looks all that different from any other Smith movie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I don't really see that on the screen anywhere. It's mm-hmm. and I and I don't know. I kind of just have to assume that like if we're talking those two personalities on set, you know, I don't really think that Smith's gonna be like necessarily the alpha dog there. <laughs> though, true. though he's the director, but it's just. Like you don't see that on the screen at all. I, you know, I was just reading a little bit about it today on IMDb, which is very reputable. And um, oh, you know, they were <laughs> brother, if you listen to our podcast, you would know uh, I do not hold much stock in IMDb. <laughs> but they were saying they were saying that Zygmunt was mad. He kept on complaining because Smith just wanted to do a bunch of close-ups. He's like. It's a bunch of people talking, so I want to see their faces. So let's do a bunch of close-ups. And Zygmunt was like, can't we move the freaking camera here? You know, this is a motion picture. And apparently Smith said that Zygmunt basically had the sets built to his specifications, which is interesting. I don't... I believe both of those things, to be honest. Yeah. No, I mean, that that yeah. makes sense. I, I feel like, again, like a guy who's working with the PTA and Spielberg, not PTA, Altman, an yeah. easy mistake to make that I think yes, I'm justified yes. for. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that, uh, and then going to Kevin Smith, I wouldn't necessarily fault this dude for feeling like he's like, no, I'm going to take control of... Uh, <laughs> You know how we're how we're uh, blocking this out, how we're set designing to accommodate my camera. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, it was an interesting experiment, I guess, and uh, 
one that kind of failed. So, so yeah. All right. Well, um, any other thoughts on, on Jersey girl? Not really. I said it, I said it at the start. Um, I, I feel like, uh, it's pretty unremarkable as is. I, I'm, I'm not really laughing during it, you know? Uh-huh. Um, there's, you know, a couple moments where I obviously, like, I, I obviously, I'm here. I think Kevin Smith is a good writer. Um, so there's definitely moments where I'm, like, like thinking, like, this is clever. Um, like, the reversal of him talking to the, the daughter and, and the little boy, and then she's talking to him and Liv Tyler, stuff like that. I'm like, this is clever. I mm-hmm. like the like this writing. But just in terms of, like you know, like jokes or it necessarily being a comedy. I'm not, I'm not really like, I'm not really laughing. And, and, you know, that's not, I don't know how much, you know, like Jersey girl is a comedy, particularly if you're comparing it to a lot of other Smith work, that is fair. But like, it's still like, you know, if I'm like, it's clearly trying to make me laugh. Yeah, it's still a comedy. I think, and and this is something which he talked about a lot at the time, like when he was trying to, you know, like when it was early days and he's like, I'm working on a new thing. You know, it's like, what is it that you're working on? You know, like that sort of thing. And he was saying like, this is basically a throwback to Chasing Amy in terms of tone and everything. And yeah, I... I see yeah. that compared, like, if you're going to compare it to one of his first five movies, Chasing Amy is the closest you get to it, but it's not Chasing Amy, you know? It's yeah. really not. Yeah. No, I, yeah, again, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, just kind of like, I think it's important, you know? I think that, like, it's very important, especially if you're doing, let's say, a podcast where you're <laughs> analyzing Kevin Smith's career. Uh, I think it's a huge kind of turning point for him. Yep. Uh, very worth discussing in that regard. But just mm-hmm. as a movie, man, it's, I just feel like it's... Um, Again, I don't. I, I'm. I don't think I could really say worst Kevin Smith movie. Not interested in trying to, but I think that this might be. It's probably this or Cop Out for most forgettable. And I'm. I'm a couple hours fresh on this movie. So, <laughs> and if I'm thinking about it the next few days, I could be like, "Damn, I was a fool when I said that." But I'll be really surprised if I'm thinking about Jersey Girl tomorrow. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, there is there is one element which I forgot, which is probably something which we should uh, briefly discuss, and that's um, the big cameo at the end of the movie where Will Smith shows up as himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally, this was written as Bruce Willis. Yeah, I, yeah. And um, then that would have like set the movie like ten years earlier, which which would mm-hmm. have been interesting. It would have been his first period piece, but you know couldn't couldn't come to terms with Bruce Willis, so they got Will Smith instead. That's something that which they did keep secret. Like when he sat down at the end of the movie, like that mm. was a shock. You know. Yeah. Um. What What did you think about that? I I did know I, I I did know that as well. Just absorbing Kevin Smith stuff. Um, I that, I thought that was like the best part of the movie, and I I I, I 
we'll say for the third time now, I think Ben Affleck's very charismatic and I like watching him on screen. Um, Will Smith, though, <laughs> yeah, has like a different level of charisma, mm-hmm. um, is so just effortlessly funny in that scene. Him and Ben Affleck have a very good chemistry that made me be like, have they ever really been in a movie before? And I think the answer is no, yeah. unless you could correct me on that. But I, I don't think like, so. I was like, damn, I would rather have watched the Ben Affleck, Will Smith buddy comedy. Yeah. Uh, because that, that was like a, a highlight just because the, the two of them play so well off each other and Will Smith is Will Smith. And this was Will Smith in 2004 too. So the dude's just like yeah, flying through the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it did not uh, have much shock value <laughs> for yeah. me. I, I, I knew it was coming. I, Again, if we're just making stuff up and talking alternate realities, though, I would be fascinated, <laughs> truly fascinated by the universe where uh, Kevin Smith works with Bruce Willis for the first time in 2004. <laughs> and we yeah. see how, how the trajectory of his career changed there. Uh, it, would, it would be fascinating to see because, I mean, if he's just coming in for like a thing to do a cameo, I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's weird. Where, yeah. where does it go from there? That's that is really really interesting, but yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I I do still enjoy the movie. I, I enjoyed the movie a lot when I first saw it. I still enjoy it, but I do consider it to be one of Smith's lesser works. And um, yeah. I I do also just with the knowledge that there is a director's cut out there, I can't help but wa- when I'm watching it think that this is sort of like an incomplete version. You know, and not not that it it plays like that, but just it plays like that in my head. You know, yeah, and no, yeah, just because you know that it, yeah. it is technically an incomplete version. If yeah. it's not, you know, the if it's not the director's final vision, I guess you know there are a lot of you could have a lot of arguments of that not being true. Yeah. But certainly with Kevin Smith, someone who's pretty, um, inarguably not literally, you know, an auteur, but has a, a strong. Uh, authorial stamp on all of mm-hmm. his work if he doesn't consider it complete it is pretty hard to feel like it is like complete yeah. yeah so maybe i'm being too harsh on it maybe maybe they had to cut out all the the side splitting gags to make it a hour 40 i i don't, I don't know about that but uh maybe 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 that hospital room seems like a laugh riot <laughs> the full version the full 25 minutes it's all her dying and it's we're dying. It's in the hilarious. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a laugh riot for sure. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, all right. So that's Jersey Girl. So, yeah. so James, uh, where where can uh, people find you on the internet? Um, well, you can find me on Twitter. It's at James Barretts. But um, if for whatever reason you're interested in uh, finding Stephen Destroy, we're on Twitter at Stephen destroy uh and also on the talk film society podcast network uh where you have a bunch of episodes up and maybe maybe more there's a this is gonna almost guaranteed upload before a new Stephen destroy but eventually there will be more but I, you know you gotta edit them it's like a whole thing it's, recorded it's, the podcast that's the easy part it's the, the next editing, is taking is, the hour out of your day. To I know, right? Listen to it again. Sync up the tracks. You got to level them. You got to, uh, yes, I know what you mean for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K, and you can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about film projection, time travel, and Star Trek. Uh, And yeah, you can find me back here in a few days doing another one of these episodes, this one on Clerks 2. But until then, thanks for listening. And if you plan to podcast, let us know.